welcome in to an off-season edition of the Smith Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Corey Smith, joined later by big brother Dwight Smith, who Skypes in from Italy. This week on the podcast, we preview the top three picks in the draft. Who will the Browns, Giants, and Jets take? We discuss the importance of this moment in New York football sports history. Giants and Jets going back-to-back. Will the Giants regret not taking a quarterback? Will they take a quarterback? We'll discuss that, and we'll go over a profile in one player. We'll discuss Oklahoma's Baker Mayfield. Is his cockiness, borderline cockiness slash confidence, an accolade, or will it turn out to be a detriment at the next level? In terms of fantasy football, we go into the AFC East and preview position by position on how the offseason is going to affect fantasy production for certain players. Before we get rolling with the podcast, there's a couple of breaking stories I wanted to present. First of all, between the time of the recording of the podcast and publishing, Terrell Pryor has been acquired by the New York Jets. He will become their number one or number two receiver. He'll be in the mix with Quincy Nunwa and Jermaine Kearse to start off the season. Jets also went after and acquired punt returner, kick returner Andre Roberts from the Falcons. Uh, Free agency signing. At running back, Frank Gore goes to the Miami Dolphins. I still anticipate he will be second in command in terms of workload behind Kenyon Drake, but that is definitely fantasy relevant. And finally, Giants trade Jason Pierre-Paul to Tampa Bay in exchange for a third-round pick. The teams also swap fourth-round picks in that deal. All right, so we got the updates squared away, and now we can proceed without further ado. Here's big brother Dwight Smith. Here's the uh, here's big DW. Whoa. Skyping in from from Italy. Yes. What about that? How about that? Gosh. What are you doing <laughs> over there, DW? Oh, you know, just uh, doing my best to keep it real. So we've uh, compiled a bit of research here on uh, yeah. the AFC East division. But before cracking into that, I wanted to discuss uh, a little bit about this this monumental moment in uh, New York football history. So since the last time we talked, Jets traded all the way up from uh, number six to number three overall, moved up three spots. Close, made off like bandits. So what do you think about that deal? Sending uh, three second round picks and the six overall pick for just uh, the third pick. You think it's worth it for the Jets? I think if they get uh, the quarterback that they want, then it'll be worth it. But that seems to be uh, quite a gamble. You know, they must have confidence that. There are three pretty pretty definite uh, franchise quarterbacks in this draft. They have to, I mean. Unless they have total confidence that the Giants won't take a quarterback, which seems like still a gamble. It does, and also I've heard some murmurs they might trade out. Who the hell knows what the Giants are going to do? The Giants, yeah, yeah, I've heard that rumor too. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't baffle me at all if they traded out, because they could get a an equal haul, you know, they could... Yeah, a, a, a better haul, you know. The, the Jets have set the market. So the Jets have set the market. Have so, to be a king's ransom. 
I've heard about the uh, the Bills would definitely be potentially interested. Yeah, they're moving up ten picks. That's uh, I don't know. It seems like they'd have to give up a whole draft to, to make that move. They would. It would have to be a Ditka, Ricky Williams kind of trade. <laughs> also, the Cardinals might move up because they have you know talented but frail Sam Bradford at the helm. <laughs> He's very talented. He just can't stand the field. Yeah, where are they sitting right now? Cardinals, are, I think they're even further back. I want to say they're like 15. Oof. Wow. That would take a lot. It's a long way to go. But, you know, there are a lot of a lot of quarterbacks uh, in the conversation in this um, in this draft. Uh, uh, six that at least somebody thinks are top, top two quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, surely some of them will fall. <laughs> And uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll get a steal. One guy, one guy I've heard a lot about is is Baker Mayfield possibly going to the Jets. I mean, who the hell knows? The Jets traded up to the three. I'm I'm projecting Darnold to go first to the Browns. That seems to be more and more of a consensus after his pro day was apparently a showstopper in the rain, dimes all over the field. Yep. <laughs> and uh, the uh, Browns coach apparently. Breaking bread with the, the Darnold family in the stands. Uh, yeah, a lot will be made of anything, but definitely. <laughs> that does seem to be the the vibe that yeah. uh, they've made up their minds. At least that's the the, uh, the journalists seem to be crowning Darnold uh, number one. The Giants are on the clock. Giants are on the clock. <laughs> and at this point, a week after our last conversation, are you still out of all the options? Are you still sold on going Saquon snagging him? Or are you, are you thinking shock everybody and take maybe Josh Rosen or Josh Allen? Or are you thinking trade back? I have I spent more time uh, studying the quarterbacks since yeah. that. I'm, I, I think I'm just as confused as I ever was. You know, I, I, I think uh, I think the Giants could do well moving back and adding several quality pieces in, in the first couple rounds. They do have a lot of holes to fill. I also still really like the certain impact of adding a mega talent like Saquon Barkley or uh, or even Quentin Nelson. Yeah, he's especially uh, the most. Uh, you know, player. some say it's the best player in the draft, mm. and certainly, you know, that would be a, a major need that would help everybody out. I still do think they need to. Like we're talking last week, I feel like we a bit fantasized about the the Giants' O line. I mean, they they did improve, but. I mean, they approved a left tackle, but they seem to downgrade across the whole middle of the line. Yeah, you know, Pugh is gone. Like Weston Richburg and Justin Pugh go. Um, you know, they're 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 definitely uh, better overall with the addition of Solder, but uh, you know, uncertainty in the middle of the line. And I've I've read some commentators saying that Quentin Nelson is the best guard prospect in 20 years. You know, that kind of that kind of talent would. <laughs> enormous difference in every phase of the offense and certainly in the run game so I mean I think that's a very attractive prospect certainly Um, not as flashy obviously but uh, it'd be hard to argue with that but then you know if they feel the quarterback thing is still it seems like such a roll of the dice and obviously if you get it right then you know there's no there's no better pick but uh, there's such a distance from any consensus and you know obviously the, the Giants front office has to trust their personnel evaluation and I'm sure they, they they're putting in the time to evaluate these quarterbacks and sitting at number two they may have their 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 top pick 
it may well not be Sam Darnold or whoever the, the Browns end up taking. Um, I've been hearing a lot uh, of folks saying uh, Josh Allen is is the guy, even though of course he's you know much lower profile school and uh, you know has improvement to prove his footwork, etc. But big athletic dude, fastest quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Uh, very mobile, huge arm, just throwing 70 yards downfield without breaking a sweat. Phil Simms was talking about Josh Allen as the guy that he would take, um, among others. But uh, there's there's pros and cons to every, every one of them, and Absolutely. it's obviously never a sure thing. So so I hesitate to, to lean into that, to that pick. But as is frequently mentioned, it's a rare opportunity to be sitting in the, the top two position and have the opportunity to take a franchise quarterback. So, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a move. I'm even, I'm even less certain than I, than I was last week, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I'm not really sure what I would do. It's a hell of a spot. It's a hell of a spot for New York football that will impact the next 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. One way or the other. One way or the other. <laughs> you know, whether they, uh, whether they get their guy or they, or it's a bust and they, whiffed on a top three pick and suffered the consequences of that and all the picks they, they lost in the Jets case. And so uh, Baker Mayfield, the Oklahoma quarterback, is one guy I've heard frequently tied to the Jets. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he fits the Giants' personality. I don't think there's any way the Giants take him. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, they're historically very character-concerned and now more than ever after – the disaster of last year, which seemed to be largely, at least publicly, personality motivated, and the new regime that's very adamant about building a new culture and focusing on character is a big part of their program uh, more than ever in an in a, in a organization that already would be averse to any questions about character. Uh, totally agree. Any question, which there obviously seems to be at least some uh, about attitude and character, I couldn't see it happening. Although, some call him the best quarterback in the draft. Absolutely. He's probably the most accomplished college quarterback of the group. Undoubtedly. Heisman yes. Trophy. He got yeah. his team to uh, the Final Four last last year against Georgia. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, you know. He had the crotch grab against Kansas. <laughs> yes, yes. Him basically just shit-talking with him the whole time. At the, end of the game. At the end of the game, you see him grabbing his crotch, looking across the sideline, and then... The announcers are like golf announcers. They're like, "Oh no, this is." Not- <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's uncalled for. That, you know, the road teams are gonna see that. They're gonna say, "That's not what we want." Perfect. And then we got the uh, the police video. I believe that's from a sophomore year. That was a rough. That was a rough blow. Man, he smashed his head on the edge of that bench or whatever. Yeah, it looked uncomfortable. And so, uh, Colin Coward, formerly of ESPN now Fox Sports. You brought up an interesting point. You don't see a lot of franchise quarterbacks with a police video like that. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a good point. That's a good and point. I mean, there's not a lot of police videos like that, period, but there's got to be some concern. Yeah, it's, a, it's a new age, you know, but that kind of police video would be so readily available. You know, For that sure. Would, that, would, that I'm sure wouldn't be the case just a few years ago. So, there's, there, you know, it's historically unfair, but... But, but, but still a uh, reasonable point. Okay, so there's this concern. You know, he's 5'11". He's coming out of a spread offense. The Big 12 yep. has a lot of yep. failed quarterbacks at the next level. 
He's yeah. 5'11". They're going to want him to throw the ball all around in a windy, cold stadium. Mm-hmm. But Playing he, in the center. He, just might, he just might be the guy to do it. The mm-hmm. parallels between him and Johnny Manziel, he, he's constantly pushing them off. But Big 12 quarterbacks, Heisman Trophy winners, undersized. Johnny Manziel, when he went into to Cleveland, the backup was Josh McCown. Jets kind of <laughs> backup is Josh McCown. Oh, boy. The <laughs> So what do you think about... Baker Mayfield, where would you put him in the in the top four? And do you think his cockiness is a accolade or a detriment? Uh, it, uh, well, I think uh, his cockiness could be both a, a boon and a uh, and a negative aspect. You know, he's obviously a competent player and a leader um, in that way. Can it can rub folks the wrong way and be corrosive in other ways, and that that I'm sure remains to be seen. The Jets are the Broadway franchise in uh, New York that seems to relish uh, big personalities and brashness. And so I think there's a good chance he goes. Uh, I think that seems to me like a realistic landing place for him on the Jets at number three. That's really hard. It's really hard to. Uh, <laughs> there's so many variables. It's really hard to, to compare these quarterbacks. So I have been swayed that Josh Allen is up there. Um, Josh Rosen, of course, uh, widely considered the, mechanically the, the most natural uh, passer, and I guess also has better questions about motivation and, and character there as well. He is, they say, you know, he plays the, the position beautifully. Mm-hmm. The concerns are he's kind of a douche. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had, you know, he comes from a really well-to-do family, and they're concerned he, he doesn't love football. The more reasonable concern I think I mean that is a reasonable concern but also the more tangible concern I guess is injury injury problems if he had trouble staying uh, stand on the field at UCLA I would go Donald number uh-huh. one if I'm the Browns I'd take him if you're the Giants number two what's the mock draft pick here you're Dave uh, Gettleman you're in the you're in the war room well uh you know he uh he loves he loves his mug his, his hog mollies mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> I think it might be Quentin Nelson. I don't know if I'm going to predict that, but I've come around with this. Uh, I was really salivating over the thought of uh, Saquon Barkley, and I, and I still am. I think that would be a great pick. But uh, but the, the, the problem for the Giants for years has been the line, and to, to, to pick a, you know, a decades all-pro guard, uh, I think that, that is, you know, you can, you can put anyone behind a guard like that. <laughs> Someone who will protect... Rock solid, solidify the left side of that line for Eli Manning. Massively improved the running game. I, I think I like Quentin Nelson. Actually, it's hard to uh, it's hard to turn down a franchise quarterback or, or or a franchise running back. But at this moment, I'm liking the the guard, the upper guard. I wouldn't mind that at all, man. Supposedly can't miss player. They definitely need to make they definitely need to make another move or two at the, at the offensive line somewhere. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I do think Baker is a perfect fit for the Jets. I'd like to see that. I honestly think I think they're going to take Josh Rosen because it was directly after his pro day that they they initiated the trade or completed the trade for the third pick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They'd gone to Baker Mayfield's pro day previous to that, either the same, I think, like the day before. Uh-huh. I think they're going to take Josh Rosen if he's if he's available. This is going to be a hell of a hell of a draft, man. Yeah, it should, be, so. it should be interesting. I'm, I'm actually really excited to see how it unfolds. All right, man, so transitioning from uh, the Jets 
to our AFC East fantasy preview. Tough call. Who's your top QB? <laughs> yeah, I did anguish over this. I didn't sleep last night. Watching a lot of film. Not too much deliberation. Uh, young man named Tom Brady comes out on top of my rankings for AFC East quarterbacks. On top of a, you know, a really strong class of deeply entrenched starters on uh, on the other three teams. <laughs> I had to go with Tannehill number two. I did you? I didn't know who the hell else to put. I mean, I thought McCarron, he's had one audition, so to speak. The Bills are sitting at 12 right now. They're, them and the Cardinals are the two teams I've heard most about trading up to take quarterback. <laughs> so McCarron signed this two-year deal with the Bills. His really only experiences from 2015 stepped in for Andy Dalton when he went down. And that's when the Bengals were good. This was kind of at the back end of their their playoff run where they made it like five out of six years to, to the postseason. And he played reasonably well. Okay, so 66% completion percentage, 850 yards, six touchdowns, and two picks in uh, three games during the regular season. Decent playoff game against Pitt. So we haven't seen much from McCarron. I'm a little concerned about their offensive line. I mean, they traded away their left tackle to Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't feel quite safe pulling the trigger with him. Um, Josh McCown was better than expected last year. He was yeah. a, he was a top ten fantasy QB for much of the year. Uh, the reason yeah. I decided I decided not to go with him because I don't think he'll be I don't think he'll be the quarterback for even the majority of the season. That that situation in New York, we'll have to see. It's going to be Bridgewater, who, 2015 Pro Bowler. Yeah. He had a crazy injury. Yeah, I can see I that. Know. You know, the the two Jets quarterbacks are tough to call. It's really just a clusterfuck after Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's all, it's all a merry-go-round at this point. Uh, it's hard to I see. Would, I, would, I would put, if, if, there, if, there were, if this was... Opening day with this with these rosters, I would I would take Teddy Bridgewater number two. I think he's got the biggest upside of any of these remaining quarterbacks. Uh, the Jets obviously weren't eager to proceed with McCown. They sat on him. You know they they waited a long time to resign him. They were going after other quarterbacks. They they signed him out of desperation and they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So obviously they're trying they they do not have confidence in. They're trying to replace him and bring in Bridgewater at least for competition. And I mean. If, if, if at that time they're confident they're bringing in another starter, you know I'm not sure why they bother bringing in another another veteran, Teddy Bridgewater, much younger, of course. Um, so anyway, I think looking at, at this on paper, Teddy Bridgewater would be my number two. Um, but given that, of course, they've got a number three pick, obviously going quarterback, uh, maybe they want to maybe they want to start number three right away. Maybe they sit him for a little while. Um, but in any case, it confuses the situation. And then I think for me, it's McCarron. Yeah. Um, of this of this batch, the so Dolphins, Dolphins quarterback situation also, you know, very much in question. Tannehill, the de facto starter, but yeah, this what's between here and opening day. Um, and if and if the Bills do take a quarterback uh, at twelve or move up, you know, maybe who they take at that position also is gonna study under McCarron or, or, you know, with the quarterback's coach and McCarron will start anyway. So I guess it's McCarron for me number two at this point in this batch. So you would go Brady, Brady one, McCarron two. Yeah. Bridgewater three. Yeah. And then Tannehill four. Yeah, I think 
that's it. If he's the quarterback, I would go Brady one, Tannehill two, Bridgewater three, McCarron four. This is one of the toughest divisions to call quarterback wise. I mean, we are doing this. Yeah. We are doing this exercise in late March. Yep, yep, yep. It's, <laughs> it's purely, purely academic. <laughs> it's sure the Jets. The Jets are taking a quarterback. Period. Yeah, there's how. Uh, how could they not? They're taking a quarterback. Get you kidding me? I'm not gonna take a quarterback number three. New York Football Jets. Come on. I love a stupid guy. Love a stupid guy. <laughs> They're taking a QB. Alright. Fair enough. I guess we'll have to reassess post post draft. We will. It'll be interesting. Alright, so we shift to uh, to RB. Hey, whoa. Running back. Running back. Daddy. Wow, the man is running forward. So you know what I think about this, Dwight? What do you think? Sir? I think you gotta go with old reliable. Oh, I I have to agree. I love I love him. And while I think Shady McCoy will will take a drop this year, slight drop, I do think he's a top, you know, write him in for a top 15 fantasy. I mean, he's been a perennial RB1. The man is a superstar. Top 15? How do you think? You think that lot? I think at least. I think uh, I think he drops outside of the top 10. I wow. think he drops outside of the wow. top 10. I think, right. I think he's going to be, like, 11. I'm going to say that. I know that's sacrilegious to say that about Mr. Shady McCoy. Okay. So, so he drops four spots. He was seven. He was seven in 2017. I think that's fair. I, I, do, I don't feel great about it, but I do believe I do believe there's enough young pieces around the league that he could he could see that happen. So they're a run-first offense. They're a fucking run offense as much as they come. They can't, they can't, throw, the, they can't throw the rock. They finished yep. dead last in passing offense. And when they do throw the rock, they're just as likely to throw it to him anyway. So You're right. And uh, so that's that's the reason why he would finish top 10. He's absolutely the focal point of their offense. And he yep. the... <laughs> Not for nothing either. Not just – I mean, he fits, he fits the scheme well, and he also – He's a monster. He's a monster. He is a monster. My concern is he's 30 years old and they lost their best alignment and quarterback is unsure. Yeah, yep, yep, that's fair, that's fair. All right, so that's it. I, I don't think he's going to be bad. If I'm sitting there late late August, I may I may take a swing at him before running back 11. <laughs> but no, yeah. I'm serious. I do think there's a lot of I do think there's a lot of young talent that he could be outside of the top 10. And do you think that's ridiculous? Do I think that's ridiculous? Then he'll be running back 11. I don't think that's ridiculous. No, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think, you know... You think he'll be I in the top 10, though? I think I wouldn't put him top 10. Um, I think that, uh, you know, questions at uh, quarterback, um, of course, will, will likely affect general offensive production. Um but, you know, to run an offense like that, you don't need to have a super productive quarterback, and they haven't had a super productive quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that will affect his production very much. And, and if anything, it might help. It you might. Know, they'll have to lean on him more heavily. Um, but uh, the loss of the left tackle certainly is is cause for concern. But, you know, they retain the core of that line. And uh, I think uh, – yeah, I think I think he I think he holds fast. I think his I think his ceiling is higher than number seven, 
as it was. And uh, so I'm going to put him top ten. Yeah. But uh, but I, I think I, I think top I think number eleven is not it's not absurd. I think fifteen seems yeah, like a I big uh, a big drop. That's too much. I agree. The Jets. I feel like the Jets is the hardest situation to touch as a fantasy owner. Yeah. I feel like that's the scariest situation because we don't. I don't think they're going to have a prolific offense, and it's a committee. The Patriots are going to have a committee. Yeah. But they're going to have two running backs in the top 30. That's my right. projection. The Jets, Jets with Crowell and uh, recently recently signed Crowell from the Browns and Powell. It's a thunder and lightning situation here. Crowell more the thunder. Powell's got some speed, some elusiveness. I yeah. have them. <laughs> Their production was basically identical. They're 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 side by side in the last year's r- rushing fantasy rankings. I got them five and six in the division. Uh, Crowell's never missed a game in the last four years, but his yards per carry last year was very unimpressive. We thought he'd be the top back in Cleveland. It was Duke Johnson last year. Big Mike was pissed. <laughs> Big Mike took Crowell. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're both like B-minus backs. And I think they're both going to finish like low 20s, high 30s. But my number two back, uh, I think Kenyon Drake of Miami is interesting. Uh, I would go... Uh, I'll go Jeremy Hill. Okay, okay. And the reason I say that, first of all, I think he's going to get the most touches in the Patriots' backfield. That's that's alluring in its own right. <laughs> Only two running backs amassed 29 rushing touchdowns between 2014 and 2016. It was Hill and LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, he, he fell out of favor last year. Uh, he's been a Bengal his whole career, but there's some confusion exactly what happened, but it seemed like the Bengals wanted him to play through an ankle injury. He decided for his own interest, I need to have this surgery for my long-term career. So they may have fallen out with each other over that, but uh, the ankle injury has to inhibit some excitement, but this is a guy with you know, 29 touchdowns over three seasons preceding 2017. Incredible rookie season. Uh, I believe that was 2014 when he had 1,100 yards. Um, doesn't give you a lot of value as a receiver, but I like him just on the talent and just the fucking Patriots offense. <laughs> so you think he gets more touches than Brookhead, who they, mm. as you as you pointed out to me, just gave a. Uh, Three, sorry, nine point five million dollar contract for three years, and they're paying, they're paying Hill one million dollars with a hundred fifty thousand dollar signing bonus. You make a great I point. I want to throw that money Brookhead if, if he's going to be, you know, just a third down back or, or what have you. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, Burkhead as well. Um, I think Hill is going to be. I just think he's going to be more productive. I mean, Burkhead has never had more than 74 carries in the season. So I, I think especially in standard, Hill is going to be the way to go over Burkhead. But I think in PPR, they're going to be more neck and neck. 
And I don't think either of them will be top 15. But I think Hill's going to fill that, that Deion Lewis role. I mean, Burkhead has never had a full workload. And he's had trouble staying on the field. He missed like five or six, four or five, six games last year. Burkhead has tremendous added value as a, as a receiver. I have him fourth in the division right now. I would go, I would go Shady McCoy one, Jeremy Hill two, Kenyon Drake of Miami, and then I would go Burkhead four. Deion Lewis, who played uh, in, in Tennessee. Yeah, Deion Lewis just got uh, moved to Tennessee. I'm picturing. Um, he finished number thirteen. Excellent. Uh, okay. Rushing last year. So I think Hill's going to fill more of that role. I don't think he's going to finish thirteenth. I think he'll finish. I think he'll finish around nineteen or twenty, and I think Burkhead will finish like twenty fourth. I'm thinking they're going to finish within like five spots of each other. But I think I think those are the two top guys. I think James White, he didn't have a great year last year. He finished 38th in PPR among running backs. I think he kind of stays in that zone. White, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to draft him. I think I think it's going to be Hill and Burkhead as a as a high teen, low 20s PPR back. Uh, after McCoy, uh, I think I'm going with. Uh... Drake, and then uh, Brookhead. Okay. And yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I am confused about the Jets' backfield. Crowell was brought in this offseason. Yeah. He's so been in Brown. A, yeah, I wonder how they're going to use those two. But I, I mean, Powell, you know, just outpaced him. Just barely by inches last last year, so I guess by that I'll I'll take Powell. I mean, where, where was Crowell last year? He wasn't great. He was in the AFC North. He was. He, yeah, he was in the AFC North. He picked it up towards the end of the year. He finished. He, he finished thirtieth in the. Uh, he was a Brown. He was a Brown. I yeah, Jeremy Hill was a Bengal. Uh, Crowell with the Browns finished thirtieth in PPR. Got it. Got it. Got it. So uh, he had one double-digit game through the first six games of the year, and then he had six in the last ten games of the year. So he he mightily improved. So one double-digit game through week six, and then six over the final ten games. He definitely turned it on. I'll put him ahead of Powell. I will too. Behind Hill. Okay. So you got McCoy, Drake. Drake. Burkhead. Burkhead. So we're the same one through four, except we flipped Burkhead and Jeremy Hill. Receiver, is it a Patriot, number one? Yes. Are you going Brandon Cooks as your top uh, AFC East receiver? I am. (laughs) Yep, I am going Brandon Cooks, number one, and... uh, and I'm going to actually uh, put Edelman right behind him, wow. number two. I think he's going to, uh, you know, take Amendola's snaps in the slot. Brady's mm-hmm. uh, going to need need that slot receiver. Uh, he loves him. Uh, I'm sure they'll find somebody at left tackle, but, uh, you know, it, it, he might not be getting the protection he's used to on the left side. And yeah. might need to make some uh, quicker passes, some some dump, dump throws, and need that uh, little guy in the middle to – 
pick up the slack um, even more than he already would. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll go Cooks, Cooks, Edelman. Yeah. Top two. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine in the passing game and overall. You know, they're still going to move the ball. They're probably going to be a top three passing offense regardless. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out. I'm not I'm not that concerned. I think losing Solder is a big hit. I mean, this Patriots dynasty has really only had two uh, left tackles. It's, mm-hmm. you know, almost 20-year reign, 17-year reign so far. I mean, they've had Matt White. They've had Nate Solder, and that's mm-hmm. about it. And uh, I think it's a hit. I think they definitely want to retain him. They just – they draw a line in the sand, and I think it's a good deal for both sides. It's not the, not what the Patriots are going to do. They're not going to quote unquote overpay. Right. But I do think the Giants made a good move. I I think even at twelve million a year, it's good for them. They needed it. They freaking needed it. Badly, badly. <laughs> so I think the Patriots will be fine. I don't think fantasy value is going to be really affected. I don't think it. I don't think they'll really take a hit. Okay, so those are your top two, two Patriots. You go Cooks, you go Edelman. Who's number three? I've got uh, Kenny Stills. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I mean, as you pointed out to me, very productive after uh, uh, after Jarvis Landry, number two in Miami. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the quarterback question is, is uh, as, for, as for most of these teams, uh, a factor, but... Um, not that Jay Cutler was uh, terribly effective mm-hmm. last year. Um, uh, and then I like Inunua, who, who, nice. I, who I like a lot. I like him Inunua. too, man. And I, like, I think he could go, uh, I think he could be higher on this list, certainly, uh, depending that. on the, the Anderson suspension, as you've mentioned, and uh, and of course, who ends up uh, under center. But, uh, but I like Inunua a lot. I, I, I I would consider putting him higher on this list, depending on those outside circumstances. But I, I like his, his his upside for sure. I love that pick, dude. I, I'm really hoping for him. I think he will be the top Jets receiver. They've looked at going outside. They've looked at Terrell Pryor. But I like that pick a lot. I really do think Quincy Noonwalk could be a beast. I think you'll probably be able to get him pretty late. I don't uh-huh. think there's a lot of attention drawn towards Jets receivers. I think a lot of people... It depends what happens with Robbie Anderson, but I still think Inunua is going to be top 30 even if Robbie plays. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised, based on what we hear, if Robbie doesn't have at least like a three to six game suspension. Mm-hmm. But I hope the Jets hold on to him. I hope the Jets hold on to Robbie Anderson too. I mean, I would go Inunua over, over Robbie, but uh, he's had some trouble. He had some concerns coming out of Temple. Uh-huh. Some character issues. His he keeps driving like ninety and forty fives. Robbie Anderson. He's got a need for speed. Yeah. Wow. So he may be suspended multiple games for basically threat, <laughs> threatening a uh, police officer's wife. Oh, oh. wow! Is, uh, Didn't realize it got so personal. Well, we just don't know. I mean, all these. All these accusations, we don't know what the hell happened, but I'm rooting for him. I mean, I was a bit concerned when uh, he was he was killing the league, just a complete deep ball threat. And uh, late in the season, he, he caught a touchdown. The Jets were down, and he, like, looked into the camera. He's like, elect me to the Pro Bowl. 
That, that's concerning. That was concerning in, you know, Todd Bowles ripped him. He's like, that's really selfish behavior. I I hope this is like, I kind of think of this, when I, when I see Robbie Anderson, I'm like, I hope they pull him in. I hope instead of like pushing him out the door, being like, Robbie, you're too much of a, a liability. I hope they pull him in. I hope even if he serves like a four to six game suspension, they give him one more shot. I just really hope, I hope they do that. I think he's tremendously talented. We don't know about these accusations. They have to get the full story. But I hope it goes that way. That's what I'm rooting for. I hope they take the Bengals approach. And I hope exactly. They, the Are they known for that? Yeah, they're known for giving guys second chances. You know, like uh, Vontez Perfect had a lot of concerns coming out of college. Their linebacker. Um, he basically blew the Pittsburgh game by knocking Antonio Brown's head off on unnecessary roughness. They got all kinds of guys with, with trouble with the law, but they – and they're, they're – I think that's one of the more, like, family teams. That's why I love the Bengals. Wow. I know they don't have a lot of success, but I think they're just a loyal team. Wow. And I like wow. that aspect of the Bengals. They got Pac-Man Jones. Yep. They got Vontez Perfect. They, and you hope their legal trouble isn't, like, anything too serious and too crazy. Because obviously yeah. it's not for just – I'm not trying to, like, condone criminal behavior, but I like that aspect of the Bengals. <laughs> Yeah. Even though they haven't had a lot of success, it's just I like their philosophy. Yeah, yeah, you know, we just go out there and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> you rip it. You don't like it. No, no, I, I do, I do, I do like it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm moved by your speech. But you gotta draw a line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's too much. We gotta kick you out. It's a football club, you know. <laughs> they're there. They're just a bunch of guys having a nice. Just playing some games, you know. They don't have to win. They're just having fun. They don't. They don't get, and they and they kept Marvin Lewis. Like everybody's like, he's done. He's out the door. They're just they suck again. They're basically the same thing against the Steelers this year. They had like a mental breakdown three years ago that cost them a playoff game. Just wow. unnecessary roughness after unnecessary roughness. Same thing happens this year. Bengals and Steelers on a Monday night game. Bengals season on the line again. They have a mental breakdown, just and they blow another game with a huge lead against Pittsburgh. And Marvis Lewis comes back. They love. They're just the most loyal franchise, man. They brought him back. I love it. Marvin's love been it. there forever. <laughs> I, I am. I just. I mean, I can't believe honestly that any coach has been <laughs> with the same team for that long. Yeah, I think it's him and Belichick are the longest two tenured coaches right now. They gotta find out. What year did he take the job? I want to say like 2004. Let's see. January of 2003. 15 years. Yeah, they're <laughs> so loyal, man. They did not give up on their... I mean, they don't win, but I appreciate the Bengals. I mean, sometimes they win, you know? They, they had that run. They had that run. They've had some good years. They've had that run. They haven't won a playoff game in the Marvin Lewis era, correct? They're like 0-8. Marvin Lewis, 2003. Mike McCarthy, 2006. Bill Belichick, 2000. Ridiculous. I guess I can't blame them for not firing him. <laughs> it's a long time. They're they're 0-7 in the playoffs. That's a tough number. 0-7 <laughs> in the playoffs. But look, he turned them around. I mean, they were one of the most putrid franchises after Boom, after Boomer left. Let's see. You know, he's 123 and 112 in the regular season and three ties. Respectable. Yeah, he's, he's a winning coach. 
Four AFC North championships, seven playoff berths. <laughs> so I guess they haven't won a single playoff game. No, they haven't. Uh, one uh, Associated Press Coach of the Year award. He's got uh, he's got some he's got some uh, you know some accolades. And I'm happy. I just, I love that man. But anyway. Yes. Tight ends, AFC East. Yes. Anthony Fasano, number one. <laughs> unmistakably, unmistakably. Um, yeah, we don't even need to mention his name. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Obviously. And is he your top tight end overall, or would you go Kelsey? Would you consider spending the 10th overall pick on him? He is my top tight end. Um, I would not spend a top 10 pick on him. I think, um, yeah, we've talked about this briefly before. I don't know where the line is. I know definitely there, if, wherever that sweet spot is where you can snag one of those top couple tight ends without sacrificing other positions. I don't know where that is. I'm, I'm looking for it. Yeah. But I don't, think, I don't think it's a top 10 pick. You know, I think you can get more. 227 points last year compared to, uh, you know, there are 10 wide receivers who have comparable or better production and seven running backs. So I guess, I mean, you know, first couple, first round or two, I, it seems like he, he should be in that conversation as far as most productive, especially given drop off there but not top 10 but late, late first round maybe looking at these numbers you know I mean, in a big league in a 16 team league I guess yeah. second round somewhere in the second round seems like an appropriate place but anyway yeah we got Rob Gronkowski play number two the Bills um, yeah. as you pointed out to me Fasano and Tomlinson for the Dolphins and Jets respectively are placeholders having lost uh, their last year's starters um, and uh, very likely not to be the starters, or at least likely enough. And uh, even if they were, uh, Clay was more productive than the starters on either of those teams last year. He was number 18, so uh, so Clay is the obvious number two. And then I'll take whoever the Dolphins put out at number three. Right now, I would go uh, Clay, too. He's a guy we kept expecting to break through, or hoping to. I had him on my bench a lot of the year. He would, you know, Tyrod Taylor really loved him early in the season. He had two fantasy performances of 15 points in the first three games and then just one 15-point game the rest of the year. He went down with an injury. He came back. He wasn't involved at the same rate, but it's a, it's, Clay, it's Clay number two. And then I'm sure the I'm sure the Dolphins and the Jets are both going to address it. They're both going to yeah. get somebody either in the draft or late in free agency. They're both going to address it. So I don't think either Fasano or Tomlinson are top 25. I think Clay is a low tight end in our 16-team league. I think yeah. he's going to be like 14 yeah. or 15. Yeah. One major consideration looking ahead is, you know, how the quarterback situation plays out with the Jets. That suddenly could become a really productive position. Jets tight end. That could shoot to number two. Yeah. Jets aren't great on the outside, so if they get someone respectable – in the second round or late free agency, that that person could definitely be in the mix. I don't know what their plan is the tight end. They dress the position, but that changes my my ranking. Then I do put the Jets tight end at number three, especially given that they'll have quite possibly a better quarterback, and and even more likely, especially if and when they're starting a rookie, someone who's maybe going to be relying on the tight end more than he will down the line. So again, add that to their superior ranking last year. It's definitely Jets' mystery tight end at number three. All right, so finally, uh, defense in this division. 
I know they started off horrendously, allowing uh, 30 and a half points their first four games. But the Patriots defense absolutely turned it on. I mean, they got they got killed in the Super Bowl. Uh, more yardage in a Super Bowl than any other in history, but they allowed just 13 points per game from week 5 to week 17. And I think they've gotten better over the offseason. I mean, they did lose Malcolm Butler. Quite a mystery why he didn't play in the Super Bowl. Still haven't really gotten details about that, which is kind of comforting in a way. Like in this media age, it seems like nothing is ever kept under wraps, but we, we still don't know why he didn't play. Um... But they brought in Adrian Claiborne from the Falcons, who led the team with nine and a half sacks last year. They traded for the Browns, Danny Shelton, run-stuffing defensive tackle. Uh, they got Jason McCourty. They got him from the Browns as well. They still have Stephon Gilmore. They still have Hightower. I think the Patriots' defense is better than it was last year. I would feel comfortable taking them with the, the ninth or tenth best fantasy defense. And the reason I say that, I mean, ball control... They're not going to turn the ball over. They're going to sustain drives. They're going to keep their defense off the field. But also, I just trust them. I mean, they, they only allowed 13 points per game from week 5 to week 17. And I just trust a Bill Belichick defense. Even without Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, their defensive coordinator, going to Detroit. I still would take them number one in the division. Um, I would also take the Patriots number one. Uh, three of these teams finished pretty close to each other. The Pats, number 18 at end of the year. Bill's 22 and Finn's just behind him at 23. But as you mentioned, the Patriots, the Patriots, that included a very bad start for the Patriots that they rounded out later on. So carrying that momentum forward, definitely expect them to be the, the defense to own in this division. I'm with you, man. And then I'll go Bills, Me too. Dolphins, and Jets rounding it out. I'd go Bills too. Really bad rush defense, finished 29th in a rush defense. They did cause the ninth most turnovers. They got a good young secondary with Jordan Poyer with five picks, Jadavius White with four interceptions. He's one of the most promising uh, rookies from last year, their corner, Jadavius White. I like the Bills to finish second in this division, but I'm going to take the Jets third. I know they finished second to last among all defenses last year in fantasy scoring, but they signed a huge contract with Tremaine Johnson of the Rams. Uh, their cornerback, he's uh, signed to a five-year, $72 million deal. So they really believe in Tremaine Johnson. Big upgrade over Buster Screen as one of their corners. So they'll have Johnson on one end, Morse Claiborne on the other. Good young safeties with Adams and May. I, I like the Jets to finish third. I, I would go them three and then Dolphins four. The Dolphins obviously lost Sue, which they wanted to. They're revamping the team. At this point in time, I think the Dolphins will be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Long, long way to go uh, this offseason, but I I just try to stay away from the bad teams with defense. And there are some instances where defenses in fantasy do well with the bad team. Like the, yeah. ba the Bears last year were respectable. They were the top half of the league, but I would stay away from the Dolphins for me. But Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, given the departure of the linebacker Demario Davis and Muhammad Wilkerson, uh, I think even, even with – Keeping Steve McClendon. McClendon Who's a beast? Uh, you know, He's underrated. With, with all those pieces, they were still at the bottom of the barrel run defense. And without them, I expect them to be an even worse run defense. And, You're right. You know, it just, doesn't matter how good the secondary is if they can run all over you. They got nothing in linebacker. And Demario Davis was one of the best overall free agent prospects, let alone best linebacker free agents. And they lost him to the Saints. You're right, Muhammad Wilkerson really uh, was a distraction, but he was still a great player. I mean, even even not really producing, he's still a presence on that D-line. He's out. 
he went to Green Bay. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I don't see it any. So I, I expect the Jets defense to be worse than it was last year wow. overall. And I think the Dolphins adding adding Monte Davis at corner and adding adding depth uh, on the line and uh, in the secondary with a number of free agent acquisitions and trades. Um, Robert Quinn from the Rams. That's a big addition. He's he's solid. Oh, yeah, I think I think the, I think the Dolphins defense will be improved and the Jets defense will be worse. And uh, I think the Dolphins defense will be a middle of the pack defense and the Jets defense will be still close to the end. Uh, although you know the offensive production, depending on the re retooling, could have a major impact on how the defense looks, how how much time they've spent on the field. Yeah, because like look at the Denver defense; they had a great, great defense on paper, but their offense would put them in a lot of short fields, and that would screw their fantasy value, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Jets will be better, and that's why I took them. But we both got Patriots one, we both got Bills two. Anyway, sorry to rush you off, man. <laughs> no, it's all good. Got to uh, prepare for the the nine to five. That's right. <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you for for being on the podcast today. Love you too. Thanks for having me, bro.